Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back. That's Ariel. I'm Matthew. and Welcome to Homeschool Together. My wife is happy that I changed up the intro very slightly there. If you have a chance, I know, if you have a chance, head on into our show notes. We will have some links to the various things we'll be talking about today, as well as links to our YouTube channel, if you can be that person. You know how we're teaching place value to our young (laughs) learners, the ones place, the tens place, the hundreds place. But now we're talking about the thousands place. And yeah. you know what that thousands place is? How many subscribers we have on YouTube? <laughs> if you could be that person that pushes us over the edge, please head on over there right, and do that for us. We can start making pennies. I know. We're so excited. Yeah, we're like uh, 12 people away or something from making yeah. pennies. So help pennies. us make some pennies. Help us make pennies. Ariel, we have done the around the world journey. Mm-hmm. We have done with the Build Your Library and Torchlight combination. And I'm taking my... Fitbit off because I'm Italian and I talk with my hands and I don't need <laughs> I don't need free free steps. Um, we have done the around the world journey. We have done blossom and root prehistory in preparation for what we are about to embark on, which is the build your library, ancient civilizations, our mm-hmm. new and up and coming curriculum. So we wanted to do a little bit of a roadmap check in yeah. with everyone here because we know a lot of you um, are doing kindergarten. We have all our you know, around the world videos and episodes to talk about Mm -hmm. that. And we just got off the really nice long um, YouTube series. uh, And we've got a couple of wrap up podcasts that we we had around it as well. The prehistory with the Blossom and Root, which we really liked. And now we are moving forward with Build Your Library um, from Emily Cook, uh, the Build Your Library uh, fame and her ancient civilizations curriculum. Yeah, this is for grade one. So it says ages six to eight. Our daughter is uh, seven, going to be eight in like six months. So about seven and a half. Um, So good, good time for her. We're kind of our, you know, long term roadmap is that we're going to run this through until our youngest is turning four in a few days. And then um, when she's about five, or we think she's ready to handle it, uh, we're going to go back and do an around the world journey with our youngest and our oldest together as a combo, uh, which I'm really looking forward to doing that again and be able to do a little bit deeper dive and look at some older things with our daughter. So really, this is kind of our first, I don't know if we're going to get all the way through ancients. I think we probably will because we're starting here at the beginning of summer. 36 weeks long, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think some of us are going to go longer. Um but I, I think I think we're about going to wrap this up or be pretty close when we're going to okay. cycle back around. So this is our first time um, doing this. I'm really excited about it. And one of the things we wanted to do is tell you a little bit about the structure of the curriculum. And then more more than anything, I want to tell you, of course, I, I'm not you know capable of leaving things alone. Um, so I want to tell you what we're going to do with it. And you can, of course, we're going to vlog it so you'll be able to follow us on YouTube just like we've done with our previous curriculum. Hit subscribe on the YouTube button. <laughs> but... Um, 
but yeah, we'll, we're basically gonna gonna make some some changes and mostly additions yeah. to to do a few things differently because I think there's a few things that we now that we have done Blossom and Root and we've done Torchlight and we've done Build Your Library. I have some thoughts. I have many yeah. thoughts about what worked best for our family and kind of the pieces of each that I like the most. Uh, so we can talk with you about that. Well, and it's nice since we were, you know, a lot of us you know, have to start somewhere and we don't really know what works best and, you know, how to do it. And we tend to follow the curriculum to a T. Now that we've been through a number of curriculums, you're right. We, we do kind of understand, you know, what works best for our learners. Before we get into it too too deeply, is there any concern that you have, and I know we've talked about this before, stopping the forward momentum with our oldest on the first grade curriculums and going back into the kindergarten curriculums? Is there any concern if somebody's out there says, hey, you know what, I have the same age split as your kids? Yeah. Is there any worry or fear that you know the, the older student will be losing out? Because of that? Yeah. So uh, our kids are three and a half years apart. And really, Emily says, you know, kind of two years would be her limit to do yeah. the same level together. Yeah. Um, and while I get that, uh, I'm not capable. We, I don't think we are capable of running two Build Your Library levels simultaneously. I, I can't be doing Ancients with one and American History with the other. I just I just can't run that way. So... Um, when I don't know if I could... I, you know, balance that. That's just it, so it's, much. It's a lot of reading, and I don't. I just don't know that we could balance two different timelines and things. So that segregation, our kids obviously will be doing their own math and their own reading and yeah. things that are at their level. But some things, I I really want to keep together. And one of the things I think we're going with our younger our younger daughter's age. So as soon as she's ready, that's when we're going to go to each level. My feeling is everything that we've got here. I mean, the round the world study, it doesn't matter what it is. You can always go more in depth, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, every subject, and this is the way I think about it, every subject that Build Your Library does, every week that Build Your Library does, somebody in the world is a PhD in that, right? Yeah. Which tells me we can make it as hard as we want to make it, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> The problem is making it easier. That's a challenge, right? How do you how do you study American government and have a tag along four year old? That doesn't work. So, so, so what is um, the second grade level? So this is ancient. This is ancient. It's going to go to medieval, then early modern, and then modern. Yeah, and that's hard to bring a kindergartner along with that. Right. So I, I'm thinking we're going to make things harder. Does this mean that our older daughter is going to be doing like American history a bit later than she would have if she were in public school or if she were doing the build your library levels? Yeah, that's true. And, you know, potentially um, we may we may condense some of the levels. If we feel like our younger learner is moving, you know, I, I have this feeling, we have this feeling that she's going to be yeah, moving a little bit faster. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. So if that's the case, you know, she may do things a little younger than they say, right? We're going to move at her pace and okay. then make things more difficult. I would be concerned about this if our kids were going to go to public school. Mm -hmm. that might be concerning because we would know, hey, you know, all the, all the kids in Washington State are supposed to get through this to this by sixth grade. And we wouldn't necessarily cover that same ground, but we're not intending to do that. And further, with Build Your Library, you're going to go through this whole series. And then in seventh grade, she goes back to geography and then you're going to rebound all these subjects anyway. So we're talking about, you know, that that K through six. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's going to be you're going to go back and do them in so, greater so depth in, anyways. So what you're saying is grade seven, she comes with her geography and then eight is At eight, of eight, I think, is a history of science, okay. maybe eight or it's nine. And but then she then she's going to go back through world history and a deep into American history, American government. Okay. So it's kind of like 
well, we're going to cycle back around on it anyways as a high schooler. So I'm just going to maybe, maybe we'll pull some of those books down if, if our older daughter is ready for them. Um, or we'll find something in between that will work. And then when she's older, if we have time and we want to cycle back on it. But I feel like, okay, so if we were supposed to study ancients at, let's say, 15, mm-hmm. and our daughter ends up doing it at 12 yeah. or whatever because she's doing it with her younger sister, okay. You know, like I, fine. Right. Like, so, so she'll be eight for this one. When we go back around to ancients, let's see, she'll be, she'll be 10, 11. She will probably retain a decent amount of that. Maybe it's not necessary to do it again at 15, you know? So personally for me, I'm not that concerned about it. I think that doing this as a family approach is going to be more meaningful for both of our kids, because I think if they were doing it individually and we didn't have that collaborative family atmosphere, I don't know that they'd get as much out of it. So I think our kids are going to get more out of it. And I'm not worried about them missing out because we aren't intending to return to public school. So your mileage may vary with your family and, mm-hmm. and you know, how you think that'll go. But for us, I'm not foreseeing that being an issue. You know, check back with me in a couple of years. <laughs> the other thing, too, is you said, you know, it's 36 weeks uh, for this curriculum. And you said we might go a little bit longer here or there. On top of that, we homeschool all year round. Mm-hmm. And so there's some element of us moving slightly faster than one curriculum, you know, especially the social studies curriculum here, the the Build Your Library curriculum, faster than, you know, one cycle a year. And so we may be able to pick up that time over, you know, over the stretch. Right. We, we definitely may. And because our younger daughter seems to be pretty quick on the uptake, she may be ready for us to do that. Um, and, and maybe that will roll through. Maybe we'll find a happy medium between their two ages and, and call it a day. So we'll see how it goes. But we wanted to start Ancients because we didn't want to just twiddle our thumbs for a year and wait for our younger daughter. We thought, you know, we'll go through this. Our daughter has been into Egypt since she was like four. So she's super excited to start studying ancient civilizations. Well, and it's kind of fun um, because, you know, even though we're we're going to do the, the, the recycle, you know, period mm-hmm. over the over the next two years, it doesn't mean that our four-year-old won't come along the ride for this as well. Right. Like, she, she's going to be, but she won't remember it by the time she gets no. to it. So, yeah, it's it's totally fine. We are expecting we're going to have a tag-along four-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may be some things that we, we put together for this that, you know, we'll share with you all that are things to help a younger learner come along, you know, coloring pages and different yeah. things if you've got a young one in tow. I think um, I think going forward, we see a lot of a lot of requests on some of the um, secular homeschooling Facebook groups and some of the combo groups talking about taking a subject and bridging it in both directions, whether, mm-hmm. say, for example, it's a first grade curriculum like this one. You see the specific questions of how do I bring a kindergartner along with that and how do I bring my or and or how do I bring my second grader and third grader along with right. it? So the, the idea of bridging these curriculums, you know, taking making it like a family, making these study. family studies so that you can, you know, put all your effort into this mm-hmm. curriculum, take, you know, two, maybe three kids along for the ride. That is something we're going to be exploring over the next couple of years. Right, because as, we're going to be finding resources for our older exactly. learner to and, come along with how, this. And how do you take ancient civilizations, like hypothetically, you know, um, you know, ancient Egypt and everything, and how do you make that applicable to essentially what would be a fourth or fifth grader? Right. Right, and, and we're going to be exploring that. So if that is something that you see on the horizon or that you know, hey, this is a challenge of mine, we're going to be specifically trying to you know, piece that type of thinking along yeah, in, in our videos and our wrap up videos 
on YouTube, um, the videos, reviews that we do here on the mm -hmm. podcast, we're definitely going to be keeping that forefront in our mind because we do see a lot of people having that as, as a challenge. Right. So we're probably at this point going to add in things for the, you know, we'll put in some things for the younger and talk yeah. about how we're accommodating our younger. And then the next time we go through, yeah. we'll be adding in older. So, you know, stick with us if this is your journey too. Um, and, you know, we'll try to keep, keep adding content. We want to help kind of flesh out these curriculums yeah. because I think they're great as they stand, right? There's not, a, it's not a problem, um, but there's a few things that our family would like. And I think there's ways we can add extensions to um, make it a, a more rich experience and also to help, you know, bring along those other learners or, you know, help you with books you can't get at the library, yeah. things like that. So. No, this was good. I always like talking about this, like meta thinking, uh, regarding the choices that we're making. And we, we know people listening, um, maybe using different curriculums or maybe okay. doing something else. And you're approaching the same type of, you know, problems or questions. And it's cool to see, you know, what other families are doing mm -hmm. um, to approach those similar questions. And how do you approach it with, you know, the curriculum that you might be using? You may not be using Build Your Library. You may be using Blossom and Root or Correct. Torchlight or whatever it might be. You may have the same problems and questions. So I like I like right. talking about this because this is something we you know we were hemming and hawing on, and we've been we've been chatting about this for months, maybe a year now, as we've been starting to think as we move forward. Right. How do we incorporate both these kids together, mm -hmm. especially now this kid's becoming four years old and you know is a firecracker and she's, <laughs> she needs her own things, right? And, well, right, and she's yeah. excited to learn along with her sister. So exactly. um, yeah, we're we're excited to get so started. Let's talk. So. You know, we, we, a lot of throat clearing aside, um, <laughs> let's talk about this curriculum. What is in this curriculum? What, what do people, ex what would people expect when they open up the, you know, the sample? Yeah. So it's 36 weeks, as you said, um, and it starts with kind of a archaeology intro to history, um, some prehistory primer, and then it's going to get into ancient civilizations, you know, the first, um, fertile crescent, first mm -hmm. farmers, you're going to be covering Egypt and Greece and Rome, uh, Indus Valley, um, some ancient African civilizations, ancient China. So there's there's a lot to be covered here. Um, with this, there's also a science portion. I, I mean, we're going to do the science, but I, I would say that the science to me feels much more like a nature study mm -hmm. than science. Okay. It's, it is about the kind of the natural world here and heroes of the environment, but it's also like getting to know... Um, things in your backyard and it's, it feels like a nature study all. It yeah. doesn't really feel like uh, science in the way that, you know, just coming off with the blossom and root yeah. prehistory. I felt like, I felt like science, science man, yeah. you know, <laughs> science with a big S. Well, this it, feels like science. Yeah. It felt like, you know, doing that curriculum as our main curriculum was kind of wild because we were doing essentially a science curriculum as our kind of social studies curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it had some similarities. And so looking through this, we are going to do this as written, but we are going to treat it like a nature study. Um, and you know, maybe do it one day a week yeah. and call that nature study. And just as an aside, um, science is something that we're going to be exploring a little bit more maybe this summer, taking a look at different science curriculums because we know that, again, yeah. that is also a question we, yeah. we hear coming up all the time. And I, I think that's something that we haven't really touched very much. And, mm -hmm. and we know it's very important for secular families to have a very strong science 
integration within their curriculum. Right. Yeah. From everything that I've seen for our family, um, I think we are going to use level one uh, mm-hmm. or, or grade one blossom and root science. Yep. So we're going to start this first. And then once we've gotten into a little bit of rhythm with this, we're going to start that. But you're right. We, we are going to be looking around and checking out some other science curriculums and hopefully doing some reviews on those this summer um, just to give people lots of options. Personally, we really like blossom and root. Do. I do love that you can purchase just the science option. So I don't have to buy the entire curriculum because my heart loves history and mm-hmm. so i can't <laughs> say no to the historical timeline because i mean i love history i want to do history too um but but then we can get some really good science because i think christina's uh basis in science is so good yeah uh i i just feel like that's such a rich science experience so, so. anyway so this is 36 weeks um and and it has the nature study there's also literature every week of course this is a lit-based curriculum so you're going to have your literature it's and like specifically uh, Char- charlotte mason right right I would say the literature is kind of a like a hmm, maybe 50-50 or split between things that are actually applicable to the time period and just, you know, books that are good for first grade. I mean, you've got things like, um, you know, House of Pooh Corner and Nims Island and things that don't have anything to do with history. Okay. But then you have other ones um, that do have to do, you know, Tales from the Odyssey and things that have to do with, with like Greek history. So, um, so there is some that are applicable and some that are not in this 36 weeks. Because we're getting into first grade, now we are adding narration cards, which it's basically like, you know, you hear, read something, and then you tell it back to someone. So this is where we're going to start, you know, asking our kids to, you know, tell us about what we've read, tell us about what they've learned. And there's a whole bunch of narration card cutouts that are in here. So like, um, tell back what you read or heard in your own words, or... Um, make a mural about the favorite, the, about the book or your favorite scene. Or so this is really focused on reading, compre- listening, comprehension. Yeah, right? like yeah. act out a scene from the reading or tell five things you remember. Gotcha. It's kind of a way to. She does include comprehension questions in here, but this is a, another way to be a little more creative um, than just your simple. Why did character X do that? How do you think they felt? You know, just mm-hmm. kind of the basic reading comprehension. So this is really great. There's also copy work added into this, which there wasn't in kinder because they're too young. And this is having your child write a sentence, um, you know, multiple times a week. And it's from the it's from the literature. Okay, cool. And she gives you that. And then there's a poetry memorization. There is National Geographic National Geographic's Nature Poetry mm-hmm. book. There was the Animal Poetry in, in K. And for this is... Um, is nature poetry. It's a lot of famous poets' works, and they're going to be memorizing short poems throughout the week, and then they'll present it at the end these of the poems, week. These poems are like five, six lines long. Um, from the first couple that I looked at, yeah, they weren't too long. They would be memorizing them and then either performing them for family or you know doing a video. I think that this is a perfect way for us to have her call Nana and Papa and mm-hmm. do the poem for them, that kind of thing, because she gets to show her, you know, she's, she's memorized it, she's worked on it. So I think that's really cool. Um, there's a big timeline project that's going to go through the yep. entire thing. And there's some timeline cutouts of figures and things that you could paste on the timeline. That's cool. Of course, make the timeline as cool as you want it to be. I know we, we've had the timeline a few times and I don't think we have done it um, adequately as as called out. If, if No, timeline was part of prehistory and we really didn't because we had we had a child who was who would rip things off the walls. Yeah. 
And I, I feel like we're maybe at a better place with the timeline. I don't know. We may have to keep it in a binder or something because I, she's still untrustworthy. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try to get back to the timeline. And then the map work, there's a bunch of maps to color and uh, maps to understand. And I think there's some really good books that we're going to pull in to include map work in this. So she kind of gets an understanding of, you know, where she's at in the world when we're learning about this history. Um, and you know, learning how to, to do some research. So those are kind of the big parts uh, for the the science. It's there's a nature journal as well. Cool. So those are the major pieces. The the weeks are uh, pretty standard of you know from what you remember. There's there's a main um, there's a main secular uh, history spine that's History Quest Early Times, okay. and then there is uh, sometimes an extra picture book. Like in the first week, it's archaeologists dig for clues. So, you know, you're going to be reading a little bit of the introduction from the kind of the textbook, um, and and then doing another picture book. Um, there sometimes is mythology, not always. There's a little bit of poetry. You're going to be reading a couple chapters from your lit book every day. Mm-hmm. The nature stuff with uh, the nature notebook and a couple of nature picture books. Um, there's some art. And a little bit of the copywork and narration for language arts, um, and so that's kind of the entirety. And then she and, and Emily breaks it up via the day, right? So right. she'll she'll give you a schedule, mm-hmm. you know, of a Monday through Friday, and she will tell you what are the items that you should probably do in the day, right? And there's a lot more information there. There's some notes and vocabulary that's gotcha. included. Um, there's some activities as well, like, you know, interview a relative, you know, about your family history or, you know, so there's some activities. Some of them are arts and crafts. Some of them are just writing based. So that's kind of what it is. Um, and there are, are there multiple spines or is it really just the one spine? Well, really, it's mostly just the history quest. That's the biggest spine um, other and than there's chapter books and a few other. Yeah, other than the poetry book. Right. So the history book is a spine. Um, the world mythology for children, which her daughter wrote, is also a spine. Um, and, you know, yeah, the, the, the poetry. I think those are the only ones that are. Um, oh, and the outdoor workbook, nature, nature one. So there's there's a, a couple of nature books that are spines, and then the mythology, poetry, and the main history. Okay. The rest of them are just going to be extra, some picture books, some, and then a chapter book for every okay. week. So library checkouts. Yep. Yeah. So some weeks have an extra picture book, some weeks don't. They just okay. have a chapter book, um, which is. You know, if you know anything about our family and, and have listened to any of our previous stuff on either prehistory or around the world, um, we're not like a one book family that mm-hmm. just doesn't work for us. Our daughter is really voracious. She's not kind of reading herself voraciously, but she wants to be read to all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> so, um, you know, just one book is just really not going to cut it for yeah. us. Uh, so we're going to be adding in some extra things. So I sat down and... Um, I was thinking about how we wanted to plan this. I've done a couple of different planning ways before. I planned uh, the Build Your Library. Well, first I planned, you know, all of our early years, Blossom and Root, Torchlight Pre-K. I planned that in Trello. I planned the Around the World Journey in Trello, which was nice because I planned it. You could use it on your phone. It worked out pretty good. The last one I planned prehistory in Notion, which I didn't really love because it it seemed very complex and not very new user friendly. I have a, a whole guide out there about how to use Trello and go through every nuance of how to build Trello boards and get all the functionality. I looked at Notion. I wanted to do something similar and I was like, I don't even know where to start. This thing is so complex. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I'm doing most of what I should do with it. And I keep getting confused. It's, it's database based. It's is a totally different animal. And um, as much as I sometimes I thought it was kind of cool, 
I don't think that we got the value it out had, of it. It had some interesting features that I liked a little bit more over the Trello. Trello seemed a little bit more disparate, like you were breaking everything into mm-hmm. little micro pieces. Notion was nice. You kind of just put it in one giant mega document. It was document. almost like it was a web page or something, but yeah. it, it did become kind of like a document. And so that's one of the things I thought this time. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put it in Google Drive in a Google Doc because yeah. it's kind of what I did with Notion. Yeah, there was some database stuff, but mostly it was just a giant document that you could read. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, like, what are the things that I think are missing for our family? One of the things that I love about Blossom and Ruth that we loved was this big picture overview. Yep. So being able to give this big picture overview every week of the key takeaways that you need to teach your, your learner. And I was like, I like that, right? With with these ones, all the Build Your Library weeks, at the top it doesn't even say what – it's like, it's like week one. It doesn't even say what the topic is. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to start looking at the days to go, oh, it's archaeology this week, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you anything big. And I think having that initial conversation with your learner about, hey, this is what we're diving into and – this is these are some key terms and this is why this is important. Yeah, helping to orient not only your mind as the educator, but also the mind of your student, you know, to know what's coming up. Exactly. I, I mean, we, we do that with our children just on like, hey, we're going to the store, we're gonna be doing this, we're gonna be doing this. Right. It just helps to set the expectations and you know, the the amount of work we're gonna mm-hmm. be doing and, and you know what we're gonna be talking about. It's hard to not have that in place. And you're right, blah. Blossom and Rude did a great job in the prehistory, really laying out, especially in these really complex time periods. It was nice to have that. So we are going to be doing things like that with this. Right, right. So I, I've, I've, I've started, I've planned the first couple of weeks so far. So yeah, I've written a whole, a whole uh, key takeaways, like a kind of an upper level summary of what the topic is we're talking about yep. and the overview things you need to talk with about your learner. Like for the first week, for example, is archaeology. I'll just read one of them. Um, like, what is archaeology? Explain that archaeology studies ancient people and their cultures through the artifacts they left behind. That would be one of the the things. Yep. It's not real complex. It's just, you know, kind of getting them grounded in what we're doing. And then because I feel like every good paper should have a beginning, you know, you should tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. I've written a summary at the end, which is kind of a, why is this important? Yeah. So we did this whole week's worth of work and we read all these books and we, we watched videos and we did all this stuff um, and we did these activities. Why do we care? Yeah. And so I wrote this in summary, um, which I think will be really good. So I, I just... What I did is I did this in Google Drive, but I printed it out and I put it right here in a book. We're going, we're um, going analog. This we time. are. We're going analog. Uh, it, it's in Google Drive, so if you want to click on links and stuff, you can. But so that was the first thing I felt like there needed to be more context around what we were learning, so that we had a little bit more guidance to the teacher and um, gave the students a grounding. So that was the first thing. The second thing is I wanted to add some additional reading because that's who we are. Not a crazy amount of additional stuff, yeah. but I wanted to add a few extra things that we could look into, some that we're going to gonna read bits and, uh, you know, a couple pages a week from, and some other things that our daughter could just flip through and look at as much as her interest allowed. Um, and then I, I added some fun lit. Mm-hmm. a fun literature book because we tend to read twice a day. You tend to read a chapter book to her and then I read to her at bedtime. So we can sustain two chapter books at once. That's That works for our family. It doesn't work for every family. Your family, you might want to do one of these as your audio book that you listen to while they're exactly. playing or you're in the car. So I, there are lots of families that do two books that way. The reason that I'm doing this is because originally I thought maybe we would do Torchlight and Build Your Library together before I did the whole last combo. Um, and I bought a bunch of Torchlight books 
and they looked cool. And I think my daughter would be interested in Nathaniel Flood Beastologist, right? Um, and spoiler alert, oh, we started you, the first one. Yeah, she started, loved it. Yeah, you're so to read it now, yeah. I've, in general, the Torchlight books um, are a bit fluffier than Build Your Library. And so I thought, you know, let's just read those for fun and we'll line them up when we can with the things that we're studying. I didn't get all the Torchlight books. I just got some of them that mm-hmm. I thought would be the most fun. Cool. Um, and I have some extra books that I've added in. A couple of the books in Build Your Library, she's reading like one book in a series. And knowing our daughter, she's going to be like, well, well, where's the rest of the books? I saw these other books on the back cover. Like, where are they? So, of course, <laughs> I got them. So there's going to be some fun lit. I added in some videos. There are very few videos in this curriculum. Mm-hmm. And we're a pretty media-heavy family. We, we are. And you can notice that in our Around the World resource guides that we have available on our Gumroad store. I like to lean into media because mm-hmm. it's fun not only just for me because like I'm learning along with them. Um, but it's really nice to see it in a visual manner. And the thing that I always talk about media is that it's one of the most um, complex m- mm-hmm. mediums to teach people. And they can be the most visual, most educational, most connecting because it's so amazing. And these people are very talented. You know, watching a video from BBC Earth um, talking about an animal is going to be more compelling than anything that you can put in front of your kid Mm -hmm. and that's why i love media i love really high quality media because it just it conveys information in a high quality manner to your student and it's memorable um you as the educator can learn along with you with Mm -hmm. them especially you know more obscure topics and things like that and then you can help reinforce the learning because you're also doing the learning as well so yeah, I just love it. It's really, it, it's what we like to do after dinner. You yep. know, sometimes we'll go for a walk and then we'll come back and we want to watch a few YouTube videos. This is perfect for and, us. And a lot of times as the educator, sometimes you just like, I don't want to read another chapter of another book. Or <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna, Let's sit down for a minute. I just want to sit down and let me learn with you. And yeah, and, and you can get some enjoyment out of and, it too. And you can always like, you know, while you're playing the video, stop and pause and ask questions. And that's a lot easier as an educator. Like I totally get the Hey, they wheel in, you know, the substitute teacher wheels in the TV and you watch a video <laughs> during the class, but it's, it's, I think a little bit more sophisticated than that. And you as the educator are sitting there and sometimes I just don't feel like I want to read another book. So I, I love, I love the media option. So, so that's, that's the videos. Um, I've also added in uh, a documentary cool. and a movie because yep. we love a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've added those in, whether we get to them every week or not, I wanted us to have the option, especially sometimes it's like our kids really, our kids are begging to watch TV. They've been pretty good. I get the role in the documentary. They'd be pretty happy with that. And, you know, they'd still get some education. So I put those in there and we really love a good movie tie-in. There's no, that I can see there's no movie tie-ins in this and there's so many great movies. So we wanted to put that in too. Um, The other thing that I noticed about this is that, because they're first grade, there's not a lot of writing, mm-hmm. right? It's hard for them to write at this age. One thing I had heard that you could do is you could scribe for your student, right? Have them come up with something and scribe. Because if you're relying on them writing, then it's going to stifle their creativity down to the level of, you know, the, the dexterity and stamina that they have to write. And the words write. they know how to write, yeah. Right, and they know how to spell and the whole thing. So instead, uh, I thought it would be cool if we did a um, speech-to-text. Mm-hmm. So we'll use our phones with Google Docs and have our daughter go ahead and dictate something. So like for the first week on archaeology, for example, I did one about uh, making your own archaeological discovery and telling a story of what you found and what it looked like and all that stuff. 
And so she'll do speech to text, and then I'm going to print it out on my EcoTank printer that mm-hmm. I love. Everybody, if you don't have an EcoTank, it's amazing. Um, I'm going to print it out, and then she's going to draw a picture to go with it. Mm-hmm. So she's getting a little bit of art, and she's getting to have this creative storytelling aspect. And I thought it would be really great to add a writing prompt even for this age. And I I think that I will do this next year when we go back to Around the World Studies. I'll do this again for both the girls. And that way they can come up with cool stories. They can they can re- recite what they've learned. You mm-hmm. know, oh, what this is what I learned about France. And here's what I know and all this. Because last year we oh, had, her, had her try yeah. to write it or even scribe it for her. She felt is, very yeah, like a, stifling. Yeah, like a speech to text um, journal in some respects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, I'm interested to see what it works as an experiment, but I'm interested to see what it, what we come up with. Um, I also added another activity. Uh, I thought sometimes there are some weeks we don't get to the activity at all. And there yeah. are other weeks where our kids are like begging for another activity. Yeah. So I wanted to just build in an alternate activity in case we have time and the kids want something else. So I've got something kind of prepared. Um, and then I had to add in cooking because we love to cook yep. and we want something to cook. We like to cook and do the movie on Friday nights because I'm home that day working remotely. It's a great night for us to make a nice dinner and, you know, watch something together. So I've added in uh, a cooking activity. Um, yeah. And then the summary that I said. So I printed these pages out. I put them in front of the week's worth of work for Build Your Library um, for, for each week so you can see you know, your overview, you can kind of get grounded. You can read through what they want you to do. Again, I thank you we'll for all, see how it goes. all your hard work. You make it easy on me, putting all that together. I'm trying. I I just, I feel like we have to add more books because our, our learner's just not going to be satisfied now, listen, with if, less. If you're at home and you're listening to all this and you're thinking, oh my God, I got to do all these things. No, you don't. You don't have to do that. You can just follow the curriculum. You can prune out things out of the curriculum and do a subset of the curriculum. You do what's right. You do what's right for your family. What's right for you guys. Um, add in certain things. We've given you a bunch of ideas. Maybe you take out a few things because you know your kid doesn't like X. Um, but hey, that idea that Ariel had sounded really cool. I want to do that. Um, do pay attention to the YouTube channel because we're going to be doing our live vlogging of this yeah. curriculum. And we'll all the way tell through. you what we're going to do every. We tell you every week what what we're doing, and we, we'll link our videos. And, and so and, yeah, and and then playful, you know, loving banter between us. Yeah, <laughs> um, we we do like to talk about you know what we what went well, what what didn't what what didn't go well, and you know share that with you guys. So maybe you know our mistakes can help you in your journey as well. Yeah. Um, any other big concerns around or or comments on the ancient civilizations? Um. There is a, there's like three weeks on Egypt and like, mm-hmm. I think three on Greece and like six or seven on Rome. So, Oof. I mean, I'm not saying Rome's not a big topic, but I know that Greek mythology is going to be a huge We'll try to time the, the Percy Jackson Disney release. Of. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of hoping that it might be out, but I, I we may have, have to push see, it a little. We'll have to see how... Um, if it's too violent or whatever. Um, Do I get to watch 300 alone? <laughs> yes, yes, you can watch it alone. So <laughs> so there's there's Egypt, which our daughter is greatly interested in. That's only three weeks. And then I think that there's that mythology, that Greek mythology, there's just no way we can move through all of that goodness in just a couple weeks. So I think there's going to be a couple areas that we're going to need to expand on um, because our, our learner's going to want to go down a lot of rabbit holes with. And and I think that they're, they're really popular sections. 
that your learners might also want to go down those rabbit holes. So I think we're going to be pulling a lot more books, a lot more movies and YouTube videos and things mm-hmm. to help round that out. So if you think that that's also something your kiddos are going to be into, then definitely stay tuned because I think there's going to be, I, I'm foreseeing when we get to Egypt, like what a topic. Our daughter's going to want to stay in Egypt for over a month, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um and there's a lot to teach, and I think it's going to be, and there's a lot of material out there. I think that's going to be the hardest thing with it is, yeah. I know she's going to want more than is here, but there's a million and one books about like King Tut. So how do we, you know, in yeah. other aspects, how do we prune down to what she can handle now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, it's, it's also we'll see tar- how that goes. It's targeting those famous things, but also trying to find other elements of those civilizations that are also inter- you know entertaining and interesting and pulling them out like little little gems from the the stone and mm-hmm. you know yeah you could talk about king tut all you want but you know what about the new discoveries that they just made in the last couple of years right right like maybe you can talk a little bit about that instead right there's there's so much there you're right. right that it, you could, it's almost bottomless yeah and i don't want to keep like uh retreading ground yeah, right? right if i've got you know, 12 books on Egypt, they all kind of talk about the same thing over and yeah. over again. That's not... These ancient civilizations mm-hmm. have a lot of content and there's a lot of kids' content wrapped around them. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, you have your pick of the litter here. And there's um, going to be others that we're going to find very little, right? Yeah. About uh, uh, some some of the ancient civilizations. Yeah, I mean, speaking of content, like we, we were, we're putting together the Oceana Guide right now for the Around the World Journey, our final guide. And, you know, when you're like looking in there for books on Tuvalu, right? And it's like, oh... Yeah, there just ain't anything there. There's yeah. only twelve thousand people on these islands, anyways, right? It's hard to find, but with these ancient civilizations, there's there's almost too much information, right? I'm that's what I'm worried about with Egypt and Greece because there's been so much made for yeah. kids in this area. Um, so I do want to be discerning, and I don't want to keep retreading the same ground, mm-hmm. but I do want to expand on what's here because there's not enough to satisfy our learner. Yep. So um, that's going to be a little bit of a balancing act. And we'll see how the Google Drive thing works out, um, if that's the way. I just, I kind of thought we're just going to move away from the visual this time and see how that works out. I do love Trello and I love how visual it is. It does make my heart very happy, but... It does work. I mean, when you're starting to add up all the things that we're working on and doing and, you know, just in our private lives, Mm -hmm. you know, it does add a lot of time, you know, putting together, you know, an entire digital dashboard for it, but you do get to keep it. We get to reuse it, which is nice. Right. But the one of the problems for me is that is not a shareable format. So yeah, in the number of times people have asked me if I can share my Trello oh, board and I can't do that. I would love to sell Trello board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Um, I, I can't do that. So um, so that's kind of the problem. And I thought, you know what? If everything is in Google Drive, I can package this and I can give this away to our listeners. Mm-hmm. I, I can... I can help other people with this material. Sure. It's in it's in an easier to transmit form. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons for me that I decided that I think Google Drive was the way. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'd like to mention about this planning, if you're thinking like, wow, you're writing all these overviews and stuff, um, sort of. Um, we are going to have a podcast on this because I, I we need to get to the point where we're more fluent, but I am leveraging quite a bit of AI to help with those. So I am leveraging ChatGPT and Bard from Google to help me with those. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't trust them for everything, mm-hmm. um, especially current things, but it's like, uh, you know, give me the the five key points a first grader should know about archaeology. It does a pretty darn good job. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of things I wanted to add, but in general, it did a pretty good job writing some of this stuff. So it is very helpful. I think that 
it's really revolutionizing our homeschool planning. Yep. Um, and we're definitely going to share that with you all when we have some more information about that. Yeah, I think I think we've talked about AI a little bit in the in the past. We, I think there was an episode or something we talked about it. And this is an aspect of technology that I know we're all approaching technology differently in our homeschool, you know, with our students, whether it's you know, my kid likes to play Minecraft or, you know, how much time do they get to play on a tablet or when do I give them a phone and, and all these things, right? We, we're, we're constantly wrestling and, and this tug of war with, with technology and how to apply it because we know, hey, we want to set up our kids, re- you know, for future, you know, jobs and mm-hmm. you know, maybe we want to engineers or computer scientists or doctors and whatnot and they need to know about technology and how to use it. And that is something we want to empower them with, but there's mm-hmm. also a lot of downsides to that, right? Yeah. Oh, if I give them a phone, great. They get to use all these tools and, and whatever, but also social media. You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, play video games and learn how to build giant structures in Minecraft. Great, but also eight hours in a day. Uh, yeah. Mind suck, right? So it's like, there's all these challenges, but with AI, um, I really feel we're on the cusp of a big thing here. And, you know, at least from our standpoint, that's something I've been telling you and your, and your job is get really familiar with this because this is going to be something that our children are going to use going forward. And if you can all remember, I know a lot of the parents listening to this right now were, you know, in their late twenties, thirties, forties. And we all remember the days when we were doing uh, Wikipedia and we were not allowed to use Wikipedia to cite in our papers in like the night, you know, the the 2000s in our yeah. papers, right? Well, There's and a, you weren't allowed to trust anything in Wikipedia yeah. because but it's now, crowdsourced. But and, now it's the gold standard, right? It's a place where you start. I say so many kids starting with Wikipedia right. and, and citing it, it, right? It may not, well, it may not be the thing you cite, but it's where you start. It's and I think start. that that's the same thing with ChatGPT and BARD, any of these AIs, is that yeah. for me, it's like a condensed Google search, right? I could Google search well, and that's, and that's the reason, these things and then yeah. go into an article and read and add this other article, or yeah. I could just get the data summarized. Yeah, that's the reason why Microsoft put so much money into OpenAI and have been integrating with literally every product that they put out is because they know that that's going to eat into Google's search monopoly, right? They 90% mm-hmm. of all search through Google, right? And you're right, ChatGPT is a great thing. I, I, I was using it for um, like thinking about different um, fantasy characters for uh, stories I'm writing. I'm like, hey, Google, give me a, you know, hey, ChatGPT, give me a 10 cool uh you know, fantasy creatures Mm -hmm. and boom, it gives me 10 of them. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And so I can do some more research there. That is something I would have done in like a Google search, but I didn't, Mm -hmm. I went to chat GPT for it. Well, and, and, and for a, a a parent reference example, we're planning our four-year-old's birthday party. So today you asked it, what are some great games to play for a four-year-old's birthday party? And it gave you ideas. And then you said, uh, out, outdoor games. It gave you ideas. Indoor games. It gave you ideas. Well, what said, about if we had mixed age kids? Yeah. Give, it gave you ideas. Well, then I said, give me five more. And it right. says, hey, no problem. Here's five additional ones. Right. And it gave us all these options because yeah. we weren't sure what kind of games to play at this party. Yeah. And we don't yeah. know. We we rented a space at the park, but we don't know if it's going to rain or not. So it's kind of one of these things where we may need in, in, indoor type activities or we may yep. need outdoor. And it gave us tons of ideas we would have never thought of. But yeah. if I wanted to find those 20 ideas, I would have had I to would, read like 10 web pages. Right. I had, I had to go through all these blogs to find this information. Instead, yeah. it was able to to do that. So however you feel about AIs and where they're at right now, uh, I don't I think s- we can deny that they're going to be a part of our future. And, and a part of our kids' future. And part of our kids' future. And so f- for us, familiarizing ourselves on how to use it will will enable us as parents because we know in the next, I would say in the next five years, 
AI will become ubiquitous in mm-hmm. our homeschool. And I think it's going to be an important thing. We should probably have a podcast on this coming no, up. Yeah. We, we will do a whole podcast, but yeah. I think we need to get a little bit, I personally want to get more comfortable with it yeah. to the point where I could speak better to it. But I am leveraging it to help me with some of this planning. It's one of these trust but verify things. You know, you can't take oh, everything as gospel. Yeah. Some of it's not right. So, you know, you do have to be careful with it. There are some gotchas and it is still kind of a beta thing, but um, I am finding some places where it is really helpful. And I know yeah. that there's some ways in which things I think are, it will be yeah. helpful in the future. Things that are very settled and old and well understood. I think it, it gives you pretty much like what you said, give me a, give me the reasons why archaeology is important, right? It, it, that, right. That's so easy, right? That's an easy thing. Right. You I know, think so. You know, g- give me the, you know, the, nuances of colonial america economy between you know virginia and pennsylvania it's like okay that's going to be some wonky thing that there may not be the right answer there right so i I think i think um it's something we got to be careful with but i i am learning it as part of this effort and i hope that i can then share that with everyone when i know more Okay, maybe that was our, you know, what are we consuming this week as we're starting to play with AI? So Yeah, I think that is what we're consuming. That's what I'm consuming. I'm well, on there all the time. And I'm on there <laughs> as well. And and I'll put a link in the um, in the show notes for you guys at home to download ChatGPT onto your phone. Um, there's I don't a, need that. They, I will be on there all freaking they day. They have an app now that's leveraging ChatGPT3. Um, this is through OpenAI. So uh, it's free to use, to use ChatGPT3. The new one, the new and improved one, ChatGPT4, um, is behind a paywall right now, so that's a little bit more advanced, and I believe they're starting to work on ChatGPT5. So um, I will give you the links on, on the download, it, and it's a wonderful tool. So if you're just looking for something, hey, compose me a LinkedIn profile compose. Oh my gosh. I asked it to write my LinkedIn profile yeah. for my because I didn't have like a bio <laughs> and it did it and it was amazing. And listen, we, we all know we all know the summer's coming up and you're gonna have to compose the following uh, 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 uh email. Hey Chat GPT, write me an email that tells me why I can't come over to my in-laws for Fourth of July. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it will give you that great email yeah. and you can copy and paste it and send it along. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!